0: One-week season. OWS fan, what's going on? We made it. Hilo here bringing you the final divisional breakdown in audio form. Again, this will be a look ahead, what to expect, what has changed piece. Uh, We are going to take a look at the last division we have here, the NFC East. Jumping in, we'll start with the Cowboys. Cowboys, big coaching changes. They brought in Dan Quinn to be the defensive coordinator. We'll talk a little bit about uh, how that transpired here shortly. He comes over from Atlanta, obviously, as the head coach there for the previous little bit over four years. The offensive line finally looks healthy. Could push for a top five line again if they maintain that health. This offense, they were able to maintain, or retain I guess, uh, offensive coordinator Kellen Moore. With Kellen Moore at the helm with a healthy DAC, this team is gonna be a top three offense overall in the league. They played at the second fastest situational neutral pace of play in 2020. They ranked 20th in the league in situational neutral pass play rate at 61%. That could be a function of the injuries to the offensive line over the past year and a half, Uh, but we'll see where those settle in. I'd expect with the offensive personnel that they have on the roster, that is likely going to maintain fairly consistent. Going into 2021. So, Dan Quinn, he's a much better defensive coordinator, in my opinion, than a head coach. Um, But, personnel, the personnel that he has available on this roster, is likely to hold him back this season. The defense is expected to be vulnerable uh, on the second level inside, and we'll talk about why that is here shortly. Although they do have a top overall offense, It's not exactly a concentrated offense, expected to be extremely spread out with mismatches able to be created uh, on all levels of the field. For all the talk about the pass catchers out of the backfield with Zeke and Pollard in the pass game, the running backs were targeted only 18.1% of the time in 2020, and that landed middle of the pack. There's not a very clear um, expected tight end target distribution or snap distribution heading into the season, so we will have to kind of get a wait-and-see approach with this group of tight ends, but either way, uh, nothing overly spectacular. I'd expect uh, Jarwin to lead uh, the snaps at least, uh, but we'll see how that all settles out as we get the first uh, couple of weeks of the season. Not really too much else to say about this offense or what to expect moving forward. We've seen it for a couple years now. Uh, We know what to expect at least one year with, uh... oh geez, I just got rid of, sorry, bear with me. I just completely dumped my computer. All right, we're back. Oh, that was cool. Sorry, bear with me real quick. Okay. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, so yeah, with uh, second year, C.D. Lamb, um, Amari Cooper, obviously, and then Michael Gallup is in the final year of his deal. Reports came out that he is not expected back. And that is likely a cause of money. Uh, the amount of money that they sunk into Zeke, uh, they have to make concessions where they have to make concessions. They also have this perimeter wide receiver that profile is quite similar to Michael Gallup, deep threat in um, Cedric Wilson. So that also is likely to go into that as well. Uh, but with Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, Ezekiel Elliott, all of these guys plus plus talents. So they have the ability to uh, really put pressure on a defense, especially with Kellen Moore uh, calling plays there. So back to the defense with Dan Quinn. Um, Dan Quinn has been a longtime proponent of a 4 3 cover 2 defensive philosophy, but he was actually hired as the defensive coordinator after a successful interview where he pitched an updated 3 4 single high and 3 4 cover 3 hybrid defensive philosophy. Took me a little bit of digging to find out that, uh, get a hold of that interview, but uh, basically, he went to the lab after getting fired after, what was it, four or five weeks last season from Atlanta. Went back to the lab, did a intrinsic evaluation of his defensive philosophies, and uh, came up with, I think, some actually interesting dynamics here um, in adjusting to the game, the new age game in the NFL, as opposed to being kind of stuck in his way. So uh, kudos, props to um, Dan Quinn for being adaptable, and he landed a job pretty immediately uh, because of it. So with the defense, what do I expect? I expect a high level of zone concepts, um, tailored blitz packages, and a defense kind of focusing on um, down and distance, Uh, really focusing on bend but don't break, focusing on tightening up uh, up front and... Um, tailored blitz packages as you start getting into the later down and distance to go. The problem with that philosophy is the Cowboys don't really possess the defensive personnel to remain consistent in these high zone defensive looks. So what do I expect? I expect them to struggle early in the uh, the early going. I expect them to struggle over the short intermediate middle of the field and deep along the sideline areas of the field. All right, we'll jump over to the Giants. The Giants had an interesting offseason as well, uh, primarily from the defensive side of the ball. They added corner Adore Jackson um, on the offensive line, or on the offense, they basically failed to address the offensive line woes until after 53-man cuts, and upon which they added three players to the roster. So this offensive line is going to be pretty atrocious yet again. PFF has them graded as the league's worst offensive line entering 2021. No surprise there. Evan Ingram appears likely to miss the start of the season, and this dude just can't stay healthy here for us. Uh, Offensive coordinator Jason Garrett somehow still has a coaching job in the NFL uh, after trotting out mundane offenses year after year. I'll talk a little bit about that here shortly. Starling Shepard should move back to the slot after the signing of Kenny Galladay. I'd expect Kenny Galladay and Darius Slayton to man the perimeter. Expect a highly vanilla offense, little to no sta- uh little to no pre-snap movements, little to no misdirections, mundane route trees from the wide receivers. So, with this kind of setup, um, it's likely to me that Sterling Shepard leads the team in targets, uh, but it's really not a lot to get excited about uh, from the pass catchers here. The Giants held running back Saquon Barkley's health pretty close to the chest this off season. Now, it appears that he's gonna be set for week one. It's pretty likely in my eyes that he's eased in over the first few weeks of the season. Yes, it's been almost a calendar year since suffering his injury. In my opinion, though, with the amount of draft capital they have invested in him, with the amount of flack that they got with that associated draft capital invested in him, it's likely that they're going to take it a little bit slower than they would somebody else uh, early in the season. Now for the biggest change from this team. They get the return to health of James Bradbury at the cornerback position. They added Adoree Jackson to the secondary. Bradbury was graded as a top five corner in 2020 by PFF, and Jackson is one year removed from a top five finish himself after missing parts of 2020 due to injury. So this defensive back, uh, this cornerback pairing is gonna be above average for the Giants. The rest of the secondary filled out by Jabril Peppers and Logan Ryan. So this secondary actually looks pretty good on paper. Expect a 3-4 cover two base, Defense, um, utilizing little blitz rates, and it's going to rely on nose tackle Austin Johnson to clog running lanes, forcing opponents uh, opposing backfields to the edge where their athletic linebackers can basically handle the rest. We'll move over to the Eagles, where basically everything under the sun changed for them this year. They brought in new head coach, Nick Sirianni, who comes over as the, who served as the offensive coordinator for Indy uh, last season. He brought with him offensive coordinator Shane Steichen, who comes over from the Chargers offensive coordinator position, and brought with him defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon, who came with him from Indy, who served as the defensive backs coach there. Jalen Hurts, my dude at quarterback. They have the youngest starting wide receiver core in the league. Devontae Smith is 22. Jalen Regor is 22. Quez Watkins is 23. I expect Devontae Smith, Jalen Regor primarily playing the perimeter with Quez Watkins primarily playing the slot. Zach Ertz returns to the team. I expect a good bit of 12 personnel in conjunction with Dallas Goddard there. They do have a pretty atrocious pass blocking offensive line. They yielded the most sacks in the league in 2020, was due in part to injuries, but now they are um, basically a younger and less experienced offensive line. So these young wide receivers, plus a young and mobile quarterback, plus an offensive line better at run blocking than pass pro, really, really liking naked Jalen Hurts early in the season. And we'll talk a little bit about that in the end around and my breakdowns. So I expect Shane Steichen and Nick Sirianni to devise an offense set up to feed uh, their strengths. I expect layered route depths and quick slant screens to take advantage of the speed that, and quickness that they have at the wide receiver position. I expect a solid dose of targets to running backs out of the backfield and tight end involvement not only to the middle of the field. So getting these guys stretching an an opposing defense and opening up the middle of the field as opposed to a standard what you would think a tight end route, basically just running uh, slants and stops in the middle of the field. So look for this Eagles to have a little bit of a resemblance to that of the Lions offense with heavy running back involvement. Unique heavy personnel groupings, etc., etc. Defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon. He's getting his first crack at defensive coordinator duties. He served most recently as a defensive backs coach under Frank Reich, but before that, he worked for three years under Mike Zimmer's Vikings. So, this is a new age coach that intends to basically build a scheme around his roster and the personnel that he has on the roster. So what do they have on the roster? Well, up front, they have, based on the personnel they have up front, I'd expect a 4-3 base with Derek Barnett, Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, and Brandon Graham along the line. And then Jannard Avery, Eric Wilson, and Alex Singleton filling that flex linebacker look. It's not going to be a traditional 4-3 base, I'd expect those linebackers to be highly mobile, showing blitz, uh, dropping into coverage, basically the nine here from this linebacker core. On the back end, I expect a mix of man and zone principles with uh, basically everything from single high through cover four and uh, quarters coverage. This defense is going to be flexible both in game and week to week. So with that brings some level of complexity. And... Like we talked about earlier, with complexities and a new scheme, this should take time and mistakes to really develop and get down from this defense. So I'll be targeting this secondary to start the year, um, and that should prove rather fruitful. They do have Darius Slay returning uh, in the secondary. He had somewhat of a bounce-back season in 2020 after a disappointing 2019 but I really don't expect him to shadow all that much with a heavy zone uh, defensive scheme coming to town. And finally, we'll jump over to the Washington football team for year number two. They added corner William Jackson. Head coach Ron Rivera is really one of only a handful of coaches who doesn't take a series off, basically regardless of score. So we can expect him to keep the foot on the gas Uh, from an offensive philosophy and a defensive philosophy regardless of the score regardless of the game script or game flow so that is definitely something to keep in mind uh, when we start the season as it's likely that the field is not going to um, retain that piece of information from last year offensive coordinator scott turner norv turner's son Should uh, I expect him to enjoy continued growth in his second season as an offensive coordinator? His scheme is highly complex and adaptable, which is a good thing when we start thinking about uh, expected or projected fantasy points. Washington really runs or wants to run an 11 personnel base, um, and they added wide receivers Adam Humphreys and Curtis Samuel to the wide receiver core through free agency this year. And they'll be joining, obviously, third-year pro Terry McLaurin. Logan Thomas has really developed into an every-down tight end. He ran routes at an extremely high rate in 2020. But now with more talent at the wide receiver position, the question is, will that really continue? And that's something that we're going to have to, I guess, be open to both possibilities early in the season. Wide receiver Adam Humphreys is really your prototypical slot wide receiver. Should mean that Curtis Samuel is forced uh, to the outside for the majority of his snaps. The Washington football team targeted the running back position at the second highest rate in 2020 at 28.1%. And that rate was second only to the Saints. They finished 2020 middle of the pack in situation neutral pace of play, but they ranked third to last in drive success rate. So that is really an area that they have to improve on via the new additions, uh, as well as bringing in quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick for this offense to really see continued growth. Along the offensive line, Charles Leno Jr. joins uh, and he joins a unit that was ranked 17th in PFF's preseason ranking. However, last season they finished sixth overall. And I think this is simply a case of offensive line turnover, but this team has the personnel on the roster to return another top 10 finish on along the offensive line. So interesting reports out of Camp Rivera that indicate he's looking to utilize running back Antonio Gibson like he did CMC in Carolina. So we start thinking about the potential for increased usage for Antonio Gibson. We start thinking about their running back positional target rate in 2020, 28.1% and a possible top 10 offensive line. And Antonio Gibson is one of the running backs that I'm actually buying the hype this offseason. So I'll be looking to attack him aggressively early on in the year before his pricing and ownership catches up. On the defensive side of the ball, I expect a 4-3 base cover two defensive scheme with uh, Kendall Fuller and William Jackson forming a rather formidable corner pairing. So Washington has been known over the past three to four years to have an extremely tough secondary, and I expect that to continue this year. With that, I expect high zone uh, coverage rates and high blitz rates as well. All right, y'all. That is going to do it. We made it through all 32 teams. I have just released the written format of this entire eight podcast series. Only about 9,000 words, which is about three. Times as much as I wanted it to be, but I really, really dug in depth uh, for these team by team and division by division breakdowns. So hopefully, uh, you'll get something out of this. Hopefully, we can capitalize on these uh, the this in depth discoveries of what has changed and what to expect over the first you know three to four weeks of the season, and we can do so before the field catches on here. If you have any questions, I am going to go jump back onto the Discord hangout, the Discord pre-kickoff party. Hit me up. I will be there. See ya.